Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the, a new episode of uh, Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. I'm here with uh, Mei Li in Hawaii, and I'm Jonathan in Beijing. And today our topic will be on channel confusion, which is a, a topic that Dr. Arnold always like to lecture on in, in almost every lecture. Like when, uh, when there was a new group of students coming, it was one of the main topics he liked to lecture on. So May, can you uh, just introduce a bit about why we, you wanted to talk about this topic today? Hi, John. Um, good to be here with you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the reason why I thought of this topic is because uh, I treat a lot of older folks in my practice here. And um, most of them are on some medication or other. And a lot of them are on multiple medications. And I've noticed that sometimes um, their, their channels seem like really weak in terms of um, their responsiveness to treatment. And I often wonder why, and I often wonder how much of that is due to the medications they're taking. And I remember Dr. Wong mentioning a lot about there's certain classes of medications that can lead to channel confusion or channel exhaustion, such as um, we have um, steroids was the main one, um, and antibiotics and um, I think he said antidepressants, but also any uh, medication that affects the mind, basically. It can lead to channel exhaustion or channel confusion. And so what do we mean by channel exhaustion or channel confusion, right? So when, um, so channel confusion, it, it, we're talking about how the channels kind of lose their ability to um, not just respond to treatment, but also reflect disease. So a lot of times when we're going down the channels during palpation, Sometimes we won't find too many um, we won't find too many uh, lumps or nodules or channel changes that we would expect for their condition, or that um, a lot of the cha changes that we're finding during palpation don't really make sense for their condition, or or maybe sometimes we don't find any channel changes at all, which is quite surprising if somebody is coming with multiple health complaints. Mm -hmm. So then. These are the signs that, and that sometimes will um, lead us to think, is there channel confusion or channel exhaustion going on? Yeah. So I think for Dr. Wan too, like in his clinic, sometimes there were, another sign would be like, in addition to like not finding any palpable changes on patients with very clear symptoms, like when you usually should find something, like they have a headache and they on like right. Shaw Chan, they should have like a change on the shot, hand Shaw Yang or foot shot, right? Another thing right. I, he, he would mention is sometimes he would needle the patient. So points where commonly you, you should get pretty good traveling sensation, right? Like uh, spleen yes. six, you should get traveling sensation down. Like usually he would get it down to like the foot or, you know, at least to like the ankle region, right? Or like needling like stomach yes. 36 and you get traveling sensation all the way down to the foot. So for patients with channel confusion, if the point is located accurately and properly, then you should get good traveling sensation. And then when they have channel right. exhaustion, then a lot of patients, they won't get anything, right? There'll be nothing. Do you find that too? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, and not only that, like when you're needling into the flesh, you don't feel the same kind of resistance as you would on a healthier person with no channel exhaustion or channel confusion. So that, that is another sign that kind of tip, tips us off. Yeah. And so do you find that a lot in your patients, like um, patients on medications who suddenly, you know, or like, let's say um, they never used to have issues with responding to treatment and all of a sudden they're on this new medication and then you notice that hey their channels are acting kind of weird in in diagnosis and in treatment have you noticed 
Yeah, my I think the kind of patients I see there, um, I don't see that as much. The the like the phenomenon of channel confusion or exhaustion is not as common. I would say it's like a minority of my patients. Um, there are some patients like what you're saying who are under a lot of different medications, like recently like patients with a lot of like autoimmune disorders, like really rare autoimmune disorders, and they're on like a lot of like like you were saying uh, prednisone, you know, different right. uh, like medications like that. Then those patients I have seen. Uh, in China, there's another phenomenon where like patients are receiving too many treatments, but not just like Western medical treatments, but too many like Chinese medical treatments too. Like they, right. they do well, like they do all kinds of supplements. Yeah. <laughs> doing like a lot of acupuncture. They've been to like acupuncture in multiple places every week or every two weeks or every month. So they're getting like tons of herbs and like, but changing it around like, oh, this guy gave me this one. This guy gave me that one. Now I'm doing like her, uh, like acupuncture, like this guy did like abdominal acupuncture. This person did like, you know, like heavy electric stimulation. This person did this and this, a lot of different treatments. So I, sometimes I see that and that can be yeah. exhausting too. So I think those are like the main cases I see with patients with channel exhaustion or fatigue. And the, uh, oh, and like what you're saying, like antidepressants, uh, patients with, uh, with, yeah, with antidepressants or like heavy like um, um, medications to help with sleep and things like that. I find that a lot with antibiotics. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because a lot of people here, you know, whenever they get any kind of infection, of bacterial, or sometimes not even bacterial, but you know, as a, a precautionary measure, sometimes they're prescribed antibiotics so that they don't get a secondary infection to whatever oh. else their body is dealing with. So I, I, I think that antibiotics is a little bit overprescribed <laughs> here for some reason. And, um, and yeah, it's strange. So a lot of people who are taking antibiotics, they suddenly their channels act strange to me and mm -hmm. are not responding as, I, as they normally do on the same patient. And, and that's a problem for me. And for me to have to explain that to the patient, some, some of them get it, some of them don't. But in, in any case, I tell them we can fix it, right? There are ways to rectify it with acupuncture. So, um, so one of Dr. Wang's um, methods for rectifying channel confusion and channel exhaustion is first of all, he breaks it into two, the two different groups, right? If it's channel exhaustion, then what do you do? If, channel, if it's channel um, confusion, what do you do? So um, I think for channel confusion, he says the four gates is really important. And there was a case where um, he presented the first time he ever explained channel of confusion to us. Well, at least when I was there, was when he was treating a lady who um, had sciatica. And she had gone to um, many different practitioners, uh, acupuncturists for sciatica. And a lot of them were using really strong stimulation, a lot of points, a lot of local needling, you know, just a lot of points in general. And... Uh, heavy stimulation, things like that. And she, after a while, she just wasn't responding to the treatments. And so what Dr. Wang did was he treated her with four gates for I think one or two sessions. And after that, not like not only did her channels um, seem healthier, but also like sciatica went away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just from that, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so then that was how he introduced uh, the four gates as being mm -hmm. one of the primary ways to rectify channel confusion. But he also mentioned the, um, adding in Sanyin Jiao Spleen 6 mm -hmm. um, as, as another um, adjunctive way. 
And then when it comes to channel confusion, he says that you can treat um, channel fatigue, channel exhaustion. Sorry, yeah, channel exhaustion. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm having a little <laughs> mental exhaustion right now. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So for channel exhaustion, so to recap. That's when the channels just don't seem to respond at all when you're needling, so you don't get any duchi, or if you can't even find any um, channel changes at all at all when you're palpating. So that's when you can suspect channel exhaustion, and of course, the patient may have a lot of um, signs of deficiency, general deficiency, and that's that's another um, clue. So you might want to do moxa on Ren eight, or you can needle. The lower abdominal points on the remi. Um, so more specifically, for females, you want to focus more on ren four guanyuan, and for males, because you know qi is more predominant in their health, right? Mm -hmm. You want to focus on um, qi high ren mm -hmm. six. Those were his main um, recommendations for rectifying channel confusion and channel exhaustion. But I I remember. Um, in one of the case studies in the book that we're, that we're translating. Um, Dr. Wang's case that, studies. Uh, yes, yes. Dr. Wang's case studies that we're at, um, translating currently. He mentioned in a few of the cases that you can also add uh, hussy points mm -hmm. too in order to um, rectify the channel confusion. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense, right? From the channel theory perspective. Yes, why definitely. Uh, hussy points be the points of choice mm -hmm. because they rectify the channel dynamics. But, so just yeah. just to, uh, just about the patient population that you're seeing. So when they come in for treatments, like they, they have like a, a chief complaint, right? And then you, you give them a, channel, a checkup, you know, you ask questions and you palpate their channels. So yeah. their chief complaint might not be related at all to the, the medication they're taking, right? They, right. Is that the right. case? Maybe. And then... So then once you start palpating the channels and you feel like, oh, something's strange, right? Like they have these symptoms, but they don't have any clear or uh, right. unique channel changes at all. So then you, then is that when you start to consider, oh, maybe they have channel confusion or exhaustion? Um, well, I, I don't, I don't, um, you, usually I, I don't think of it until they, they don't respond as I would expect. <laughs> like, let's say it's a very clear, like tie-in deficiency case, right? Just as an example and um, they don't respond at all after one or two sessions. And then I really, cause the reason why I cannot just jump to conclusions right away, cause some people seem, really seem to be immune to the effects of, of the medications on their channel responsiveness. So I can't jump to that conclusion right away. But um, so after a few sessions, I, was, I start to question what's going on. And then I really look, uh, take a closer look at their, their medications. And then mm -hmm. I see a few, you know, usual suspects that Dr. Wang mentions. And I say, oh, okay. And then I, I start to ask them how long they've been on the antibiotics or how long they've been on the steroids, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I might, you know, decide to do the necessary treatments to rectify it. So during that time, like when you, when you decide that, okay, the treatment's not working and they have either channel exhaustion or channel confusion, is that when you just, for the... You just focus on treating the exhaustion or, <clears throat> or um, confusion first and nothing else? Like you don't focus on the chief complaint anymore? Or are you like treating the chief complaint and adding points to uh, regulate Good the question. channel confusion? Yeah. So I go with the latter only because um, I guess the practice structure here in the States is quite different from 
you know, that in, in China is that patients cannot afford to come to see me three times a week, like they do with Dr. Wang, you know? So um, they come usually once a week. And so I have to do as much as I can. And so I, I would just, you know, continue, continue to treat them for their complaints, but also add points to help uh, rectify the channel confusion or to, um, yeah, improve the channel exhaustion. And then how, on average, how quickly do you see like a change in their channels? Like, or the change Sometimes in their system? Way, yeah. Okay. Sometimes it, it really depends on the, on the patient's constitution, maybe. Mm -hmm. Sometimes right away. And then sometimes it takes a few sessions. So once, really once their channels are, are uh, recovered, do you start, when you start palpating their channels, do you start feeling changes then or? Yes, yes. So after I feel that their channels have recovered based on their responsiveness, and I, I noticed that when I'm palpating, you know, their channels seem to make more sense in how they're reflecting their um, complaints, their health complaints. And then when you're needling them too, you start to feel like you were mentioning earlier that when you stick a needle yeah. in, it doesn't feel the same for as for health, healthier yeah. patients. So after yeah, doing, regulating get, the channels, it changes too. They start to get better responsiveness in the, um, the needling sensations as well. And they'll start to tell me, oh, okay, I felt, you know, this, um, some kind of current going down my leg from, you know, let's say, GP31, right, from something like that. But it's weird that some patients, even though they've been on, um, so I have this one patient right now. She, I didn't see her for eight, nearly eight months because of the pandemic. And then she's coming back to see me again um, because the vaccine's coming out or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, she, um, she was put on prednisone for eight months, the past eight months. She just stopped taking it last month. Yeah, because she had um, complications due to shoulder surgery. And then um, for some reason, yeah, she still had a lot of inflammation in, sh in her shoulders after double shoulder surgery. And then um, she, you know, the doctor put her on that. But then when I was treating her, she, she was telling me, and she's very, she's always been really, really sensitive to needling. When, when I was needling her, she's telling me how, you know, um, let's say I, I think I'm, I needled Yingling Chen, uh, spleen nine, and she felt it in the stomach channel. She felt, she felt it go down the leg and then went to the stomach channel. Things like that, like really detailed descriptions that she would give me of the channel, uh, of the needling sensations. So I was just like, wow. <laughs> Even somebody who's been on prednisone for that long. So yeah. it, is, it was very interesting how some people just seem immune to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so after you regulate the, the channels, the, their channels recover, they can still continue taking the medication they're, they've been on, right? They're still taking yeah, the mean, prednisone or their antibiotics or antidepressants right. during I the mean, course of treatments too. Right? We're not in the, I mean, I've, I guess in our profession, we're not in the place to be telling patients to stop taking medication or, or, or you know, start taking any kind of medication. It's just not in our scope of practice. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they, they still have to take it for whatever reason mm -hmm. the doctor tells too but at least we have some ways of you know kind of mitigating the effects that the medication might have on the channel responsiveness i remember for me like just from our studies with dr wrong when we were in uh, like in beijing right remember that one patient with lupus the the young patient with lupus yeah, yeah i remember her very well um it's very sad like she had been on prednisone for do you remember how many years it was it was oh my I gosh i think at least five years because she said 
she was in her 20s, right? When she mm -hmm. came to see us. Mm -hmm. And she had been diagnosed with lupus like in her teens. Mm -hmm. so it was a really long time. Right. And she started out taking prednisone at some ridiculously high dosage, daily dosage of like 60, 60 milligrams mm -hmm. a day or something mm -hmm. like that. And then, and then eventually she went down to 10, mm -hmm. 10 milligrams a day, which is still quite significant, mm -hmm. I think. For and, she had, uh, time she, and she had vision loss, right? As a result of... Oh yeah, well, that, I think that was yeah due to the, oh, it's hard to say, was that due to the lupus or the prednisone? Yeah, because I, yeah, I think that's um, hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a I, very really sad case. Yeah, and from had, what I remember, like was her, yeah, the channel she had. Uh, I think Doctor at first was regulating the channel confusion, right, and exhaustion, from what I recall. Yeah, and then like using the four gates, and remember her the quality of her skin it was like very gray, like and she had those big hard patches on her the abdominal area. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I also remember she had this like like rock hard stony stony. Um, lumps all over her body mm -hmm. do you remember that yeah yeah, yeah. couldn't even and she, it was very painful for um just anywhere on her body to be palpated mm -hmm. i remember that so yeah. i guess that could be considered as an, another sign mm -hmm. of channel confusion yeah like sensitivity to pressure yeah and at the beginning she didn't have very good traveling sensation right like she but i remember doctor over the course of she was like first regulating the, the channel confusion and exhaustion yeah then over yeah. time, then he switched. I think it was mainly regularly in the Taine, was it? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was Taine and Yangming because yeah. she had a lot of um, digestive complaints, like right, bloating, right. gas. Mm -hmm. And then over and the course of the like even like the skin, like the quality of the skin improved. It became more supple and like... Yeah, yeah. And, like, and softer too because yeah. the flesh itself got softer. Like mm -hmm. in the beginning, he when he did, um, was it Shefa on okay. and Jiangmen on liver 13. Yeah. Like it was very painful for her. You know, the experience was very painful for her, but also like Dr. Wang would say, it felt just really hard and very difficult mm -hmm. to do the shifa mm -hmm. because the, the flesh was just so hard. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, it got softer and he was able to yep. do the shifa better. Yeah. So shifa is, uh, yeah. Shifa is Dr. Oh, yeah, Wang's yeah. Uh, one of his uh, kind of massage <laughs> techniques, hand techniques where you kind of grab and pull like the different yeah. tissue layers, right? Like separating the different tissue layers, tissue adhesions, right? From what I remember, like in China, I think Dr. Wang, when he first developed this, uh, this concept of, uh, of channel confusion was also when he had that, that student of his who went to Africa, do you remember? And then he was a, a sur orthopedic surgeon in China. And then he was wow. going to go to Africa for uh, two years, like uh, to yeah. treat patients with acupuncture. So he studied acupuncture with Dr. Wang for a few months. Then he ended up going to Africa and then two years later he came back to find dr wong and he said dr wong acupuncture is amazing like when i, I all the points you you taught me they work so effectively and everyone got better and he says i'm no longer going to become a, a practice western medicine i'm just going to do acupuncture in china and then like six months later he went to find dr wong this is when he's returned to beijing he found dr wong again and he's like dr wong what's going on like the acupuncture doesn't work here anymore and then like, he's like, all the, you know, all the points I used in, in Africa and which got amazing results here in China or in Beijing, they're not working. Like these patients aren't responding in the same way. And then that, I think that's when Dr. Wan had that one of those like eureka moments where he's like, oh, and then he started to think about like the excess treatments people get in China. Oh, so, like, so you know, like, a huge problem. There. Mm -hmm. So like, in, at the, especially in that time, right, where they would, it's so cheap here, right? People would come every day. 
yeah. then they would get like multiple treat, uh, like a lot of treatments, but a lot of needles, a lot of stimulation. And you've right. seen it like the public hospitals, right? They might, a lot, some places that, not all of them, but some might also do a lot of cupping, do some moxa, do tons of things. So then Dr. One thought that this excess acupuncture treatments can also affect yeah. the, the channel systems, right? And cause confusion or exhaustion. That makes sense. But it's interesting to see that um, like here in the States, we don't have that problem. Like we, we don't have channel confusion and exhaustion so much um, being caused by that issue you brought up because mm -hmm. people here, they, they, don't, they don't tend to go see acupuncturists every day for mm -hmm. X amount of times. It's usually once a week sort of thing. So, um, so the people here, when they have channel exhaustion or confusion is more due to medications, et okay. cetera. Do you ever consider that when you are giving patients that you want to avoid causing confusion or exhaustion, like with your own acupuncture treatments? Or is that in the back of your mind ever? Or Yeah, it, it is in the back of my mind. It is. Because first of all, I noticed, well, patients here don't like heavy needling <laughs> techniques. So, so that already makes me stay away from that. But, uh, but because I'm so aware now of the phenomenon of um, channel confusion slash exhaustion, I, I try not to cause it. But that's not like, like part of our training uh, with Dr. Wang is that we have to be mindful of our needling technique. So it's not just, you know, stab someone here and, you know, lift and thrust really hard and, you know, that's it. But um, yeah, we, it's more of a refined method, right? So, yeah. So I, I, I don't think I, I hope I'm not causing any channel confusion, channel exhaustion with my needling. That would just be terrible. And also trying to like, select less points, right? I think that's one thing I learned a lot from Dr. Wong too, right? Like he was an expert yes. at just using maybe a couple point combos, right? Or a few points, at least under yeah. five acupuncture points, right? Per patient. Um, right. Because it makes sense that if you choose too many points, you know, um, between too many channels in one treatment, the, the, the message you're giving the body is just too confusing. Mm -hmm. It's like, how does the body deal with that many messages? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense from a channel theory perspective. We want to sometimes, no, I guess in this, in this case, less is more. So you're, you're having a more focused direction in your treatment rather mm -hmm. than dispersing it all over the place mm -hmm. among too many channels at once. So just yeah. uh, to conclude, like, so for the patients you treat, you don't immediately assume that everyone has channel confusion or channel exhaustion. So if you see a patient who's on prednisone or see a patient with on antidepressants or things like that, you don't immediately say, oh, they have channel confusion, right? Like they're very specific conditions, right? That have to right. be met in order to decide or diagnose that they have right. channel confusion. So can you summarize right. them again? And then sort of just- Sure, of course. Yes. Yeah. So um, during, first of all, during the diagnostic process, when you're palpating the channels, if you notice that the, the palpation findings, they don't really match what the patient's telling you in terms of what their health complaints are, or if you don't even find any you know, um, significant changes at all, or, you know, then that can sort of, you know, tip you off. May, there, there may be channel exhaustion going on. And then, um, so after you treat them for a while, maybe two, three sessions in, if there's absolutely no change, but also while you're needling them, even from the first session, if you notice that the, there's absolutely no resistance when you're needling them, it's like you're needling right into, you know, tofu or something. There's absolutely no skin, you know, skin or flesh resistance. Then you can sort of say, "Oh, what's going on? Why is this person's channel so weak?" Right? So that's also, yeah. Or if if the needling is just abnormally really painful for the patient, you know, whereas like, I mean, 
by now we all kind of know um, how much pain a per person would get during needling in certain spots of the body, right? If, if, if like, let's say at um, spleen nine, uh, I mean, yiming chuan, <laughs> at spleen nine, generally most people tolerate it well without any complaints. But if like you're nearly spleen nine, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't handle it. And that's also a sign that there might be channel confusion going on. Or if there is like a weird channel um, sensation or needling sensation that you don't normally expect or it's just like super strong and just inflated, then, then you might say, well, this, this is also kind of abnormal. But then, you know, two, two, three sessions in, if there's absolutely no change at all, then you, then you have to start to question, are the medications affecting how the channel is responding to treatment? Mm -hmm. That's when I start to investigate that possibility. Mm -hmm. That's perfect, me. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, so this is really uh, an important topic for all of us to keep be aware of, right? So when we see patients, this, this concept of channel confusion or exhaustion. So I think... Um, it's definitely something we can uh, talk about in more further detail in future episodes too. So we want to keep the, the, the episode short and it may, may ask to get back to work and um, <laughs> I have to have my breakfast. So, uh, so it, was, it was nice talking, May. And, uh, nice talking to you, John. <laughs> and, um, Enjoy your breakfast. Thank you, thank you. And kind of properly cultivate your channel so you don't get channel confusion. <laughs> do you do methods to maintain it, your channels? Oh, not ever since Jay was born. No, I just don't oh, no. have time. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. But I should get back to it soon. <laughs> okay. So have a good day. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. <laughs>